Welcome to Margin Business Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Today we got Ryan Kramer, the affiliate manager of Pingpong. Pingpong is a payment solution for Amazon sellers and as well for e-commerce sellers in general. We all know Ryan from Crossover Commerce. Yes, but today it will be different. I'm going to ask him the questions and he will reply and we will know a little bit more about his life. Welcome, Ryan. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Thank you so much. It's a, it's a weird, unique story I love sharing with people because I'm not an Amazon seller myself, but I have been in the service industry pretty much my entire career. So back when I graduated university uh, in 2012, I actually was in the newspaper and digital marketing side of things. I was in charge of new business to go out um, talk about print ads, talk about magazine inserts, and talk about like digital display ads, uh, SEM, SEO optimization for businesses, and, and kind of work with uh, businesses face-to-face. So it was my job to go around Southern Indiana. Uh, I'm, I'm from Indiana, so I was working okay. in a uh, regional newspaper for uh, Southern Indiana, Northern Kentucky, and uh, Southern Illinois, which is in the middle of nowhere. There's not a lot of like metropolitan area in that area. But it was my job to find businesses and bring about technology solutions in print advertising marketing solutions. So I did that for about uh, a year and a half, my first job out of college. So I was like making phone calls, things like that with businesses, learning and listening from people, and then obviously uh, trying to provide solutions to their problems. But as a lot of people know, the newspaper industry, it has a lot of difficulties and they had to let a lot of people go. So my first job out of college I was actually, uh, I was actually let go um, during December, like that December of 2013, I think. And I was going to get married of April of that next year. So I was already unemployed. My first job out of college, uh, my fiance at the time was in Connecticut. So not even near me. She was finishing up college uh, up there for an internship and I had no job. So I was, we were searching constantly. We were trying to figure out like, what are we going to do? And I, she actually, the first position she uh, had applied for was for music therapy. That's the position or that's the industry she's in. She got a job in Virginia, which is on the East coast of the United States. So I was like, let's do it. Let's move out to uh, Virginia. Let's, let's kind of, you know, maybe I'll find something there that intrigues me and I can kind of uh, learn the business. So actually through searching and uh, getting a job, there was a company called Evergreen Enterprises, which they manufacture and distribute home gift garden items. They uh, manufacture their products in Ningbo, China, and then they send them overseas to obviously different ports in the United States, but their headquarters is on the East Coast. So then they would distribute, have their own warehouse in Richmond, Virginia, and distribute those goods to like third party, uh, like Wayfair, Zulily, Fanatics. They did licensed goods. So they were talking with like Pier One, they, uh, anywhere in the United States, Canada, and as far as like Europe, we were sending our products on the e-commerce side, but also selling directly to like retailers as well. My job was to actually work with partners and to build up the business uh, to consumer model. So it was our own branded website. And I was in charge of like talking to uh, third-party websites to feature our products with a brand that didn't exist, uh, wow. work with blogs, and really just try to like elevate our websites, which were like two brand new websites with different 
focuses. One was for sporting goods. Um, the other one was for like home gift garden decor. And my job was to like sell people on like, Hey, give us a chance. These will sell. Um, so I was working with like Ebates, uh, bradsdeals.com, a lot of deal websites and blogs. And we went from zero dollars in revenue to over a million dollars in revenue, just in my channel alone for working with these like different deals, different kinds of product features, almost like a sponsored display, uh, deal. Okay. So that's kind of where my introduction to e-commerce grew. Okay. I did that for about two years. And then my wife and I wanted to move back closer to family in the Midwest of the United States. And then uh, there's not a lot of technology jobs at that time in the Midwest, so or e-commerce, I should say. So I actually found a position with a professional MBA and WNBA team here in Indiana called the Indiana Pacers and Indiana Fever. So I was working for oh, okay. the professional, uh, professional basketball teams here, uh, in Indianapolis. So I was doing events, working with partners in terms of like hosting events at the, at the arena. So I did that for about two and a half years or so, just trying to kind of figure out my way, what I wanted to do. I'm really into sports. I'm really into like helping people and like entertaining with people. So it, it, it felt like a natural thing, but if you're, if you're not familiar with the sporting industry, it's nice to go as a fan, but it's really difficult as a employee, because you're working nine to five, and then you have to work the event at night, you're getting done around 11 o'clock, even later, if the game goes longer, and then you come back the next day, and then you start it all over again. So it was obviously, really difficult. Obviously, Saturday, Sunday as well. Yeah. Yeah. Holidays, Saturday, Sunday, uh, you had to be there in person. There was no like, you can't travel. There's no way to like, remote VPN or anything like that from any like we can as e commerce sellers you had to be there physically in person. So it was very difficult to like, my wife and I, we were adopting our son at the time. We were, you know, we were going through all these different things and it was just really strenuous on a family life. So my, so what I was looking for is just more like, Hey, I want to get back into e-commerce and Amazon. Yeah. Um, and I found an opportunity actually with uh, the company called Viral Launch with Casey Goss and that team, they're located here in Indianapolis. So I, I was really lucky to kind of ride that wave with them and work with them for 11 months. Um, loved it, did partnerships, did business development with them, got to meet a lot of cool and interesting people in the Amazon and e-commerce space just by kind of helping promote uh, Viral Launch. So by doing that, it kind of gave me this like itch of, hey, I love Amazon. I really want to help in business develop and help people grow on Amazon. Um, so that was the beginner segment that I was focused okay. on. But then I was, I had a really great opportunity with ping pong, which is where I'm currently at to grow kind of this global kind of technology company yes. for e-commerce and Amazon, uh, in the Amazon space, uh, on a global level. So that's where I was really excited. Uh, Tim Jordan was the one who said, Hey, maybe you should check out this opportunity. I really liked the like, liked the optics of it, liked jumping into it and just really pushing myself in a different avenue of Amazon and e-commerce than what I was already experienced in so that's where i that's kind of where i'm at today is okay now i'm by accident yeah that's why i by accident like now i started a podcast i'm connecting with people like yourself who are yeah. you know experts in the field who i'm also trying to bring expertise in our, our our audience uh to our audience as well um for what we do as uh for ping pong so so for now uh, i remember for in uh, 2020 
2019, yeah. We got over 2021, no, 2020, sorry. Yeah, it was already 2020, yeah, when we first connected, so you, yeah. You, you, it feels like gonna, five years ago, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 30 guests so far. So we had 30 in 2020, and that okay. that's already gone. Like, we're going to blow that out of the water. We're going to be... I, I think I'll track easily probably close to 150, 200 by the end of 2021. Oh, like it's pretty insane. Oh, like that's, that's January is already booked out. February is pretty, like pretty booked. And it's just it's the amazing. amount of people who are willing to come on and want to share their vision is, it's kind of cool. Uh, sure. And I shared this in my post. I think there's only one person that I've ever had on my show that I've ever met in person, which is really weird and unique to think about. Like all these people I'm either reaching out to on social media uh, we've been connected in one shape or form, like either business partners, or I just love the content they're putting out there. And I just happen to reach out and say, Hey, I love your content. This is what spoke to me. I'm doing something similar. Would love to share your story on my platform. And that's kind of where business and networking has kind of sure. has led me to in 2021 even is how, how are we going to continue to innovate and grow our businesses with other ones around the world? So exactly, that's, exactly. it's, it's a weird, it's a weird journey to be on. Didn't think I'd be uh, hosting a podcast like you, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the, the podcast, the podcast in general is something really uh, special, you know, because you get to know people uh, even mm -hmm. better as in conversation, you know, you can understand their journey. You can understand what they are professionally up to. And, you know, there are so many hidden things which they even might not know, you know. So so for, for me, the podcast is really, it's it's a pleasure. I really like it. It's a, it's another passion which I discovered uh, recently. So, um, yeah. So Absolutely. What, what I, it's what nice I to be on that side when you're asking the questions. <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, it's, it's, it, both sides are nice, you know, because you can, you can express yourself. And at the same time, you know, you can say, okay, but you, will, you know, for example, right? brought up in Indiana, I mean, what is, what is, what was your, what was your, you know, your childhood in India, in Indiana, I, I suppose, because uh, you said you're from the Midwest. So um, what was your childhood? And yeah. where did Good you question. go? I it's mean, a... at some, at some point you needed <laughs> to go, you go out of the, out of the norm, uh, because if you do something special, uh, it will, uh, it will reflect uh, very, very uh, early in life, especially as an entrepreneur, especially when you do things on your own, Absolutely. when you work from home, discipline, all these things, you know, uh, which which uh, people who have another way than the, the usual jobs. I mean, uh, we don't talk about CEO or something. I mean, the, the normal jobs that they, you know, uh, that they don't have, for example, you know. So how, how did right. they come and where do you think this switch happened, for example? Yeah, I, I have a weird background. It's I, I always say like it's a unique perspective that I've had on life. So I am the oldest of five children. So I grew up in a big Catholic uh, family uh, in Indiana, which is pretty conservative by nature in the state. Um, you know, uh, my family and I, I was the oldest. So I kind of like I breezed through and kind of like led my brothers and sisters in terms of like what I did. And I was super involved. I loved just having my hands on a little bit of everything. I wanted to be kind of the jack of all trades, if you will. Like I didn't want to just be known for one thing. I wanted to do okay. everything. So I was super involved in school. I developed a passion for baseball when I was a young kid, oh, okay. um, as young as three. So I played baseball from when I was three years old, all the way through varsity when I was 18 and I won a state championship for baseball uh, when I was a when I was a junior actually um, 
when we were, we were a really small Catholic school. So we, a private institution, we were really good at sports. So I was constantly traveling for baseball. I was playing, I played as far as like New York. I played in uh, wow. the college world series, like town where they held that. Um, it was just constantly. And during the summers, that's what I did. So it kind of got my uh, itch for, for traveling in the United yeah, States okay. and my family would travel a lot as a family. So when I kind of like switch mentalities in terms of like entrepreneurship and kind of like, there's more than just like where I grew up was probably when I was a senior in high school and I kind of, before I got into college. So I actually, my first job, I did like the whole, I worked in restaurants. I did a couple of like landscaping jobs when I was a kid, like just okay. manual labor. I'm young. Uh, I was like, sure. yeah, I'll just do it because it's easy. No uh, baseball, no baseball. Uh, didn't you ever think about baseball going but professional, for example? I wish that would be, that would be super nice. And we, we probably wouldn't be talking right now if, I, if that was the case, but no. Uh, so baseball. So a lot of people don't see me. I'm really short for, well, I'm like five, seven, so I'm not okay. tall by any stretch of imagination. So even though like I have the skills and I, I, you know, I like to pat myself on the back. I was, I did push myself um, kind of going back to what I did to be well-rounded. I did sports. I did debate team when I was in high school. Uh, I did speech. So I was like public, public speaking in high school. Um, I also developed a passion for drama. So I was in musicals ah, and theater. plays okay. as well. So okay. I was in theater. Uh, a lot of people didn't see me, don't see me as th uh, that kind of context, but I maybe, maybe that portrays my, my larger than life personality of I'm constantly talking. I kind of funneled that into theater uh, okay. to be a different character. So really developed that love. I did that in uh, high school, a little bit in college, and even in community theater. Uh, I've done as recent as 2020 before pandemic hit. I was doing improv, uh, okay. like just, just in front of crowds. So it's something where I could think on my feet, kind of push the normal boundaries and like go outside my comfort zone. So that was really cool. But baseball, uh, not God did not bless me with uh, height or <laughs> the ability, I think, like physically to kind of be one of the top people. So instead of college, I kind of applied myself for academically. Um, okay. But that turning point to, to you, what you were asking, Omar, was uh, I think my senior year between college, high school and college, I was selling cut coat knives, which is actually a brand here in the United States. Uh, they teach you how to like be personable, do presentations uh, through the whole sales process of, you know, uh, asking questions, learning about their problems, and then kind of selling a product. It was, it's a very basics in terms of sales. And I was, I was really drawn to it because it, even though it is a weird product to be selling almost door to door, right? It was through referrals. Yeah. Hey, do you know this person? Can I do this presentation in front of them to help me, you know, grow my network? Uh, I had to like learn to sell something as unique as knives and flatware. And uh, it, it really pushed me to be different. And I was independent. Um, I did that for two summers, just as like uh, something where it pushed me to build a network of individuals and then kind of take a step further into like, I was building my own business, if you will. So okay. I was getting commissions on sales. I was networking with people. I was like making handshakes. I was saying, Hey, if you ever have a need, like, let me help you out in that capacity, even though it wasn't, it was a very small niche. It was the concept of business kind of sparked me. So that being said, uh, I did that for two seasons. I was actually, or two uh, summers, I traveled to conferences. I networked with people. Okay. I actually was an assistant manager. I funded then my trip actually just by a summer of sales. 
uh, you get commissions on it. So I was able to actually fund my money to travel abroad my sophomore year of college. So I actually spent time, that was my part two, if you will, of like different mindset growth. Okay. Uh, I was able to study abroad in England oh, um, yes. when I was a uh, sophomore in college. So when I was, when I turned 19 to 20, uh, that's when I actually, or 18, gosh, when was I? I would have been 19 years old, roughly, uh, turning and studied in Grantham, England for about three months or so. So I was able to travel to 10 different countries, uh, France, Germany, uh, France, Germany, Spain, uh, Italy, uh, France, obviously I went to Paris, uh, did 10 days in Italy, which was really cool. I mean, I did the whole, like in on the weekends months. when you had a long week at, yeah, in three months I did, Whoa. I did 10 countries. Uh, so I was, I was just like every weekend we were traveling to a different city or country, uh, just kind of like bustling through stuff. So it, it was a lot, but I gained so much cultural, uh, uh, cultural appreciation for different places I was at, trying different foods, speaking different languages, just kind of understanding cultural and context. So that's where I really like developed this passion for traveling in general. So being from the Midwest, it kind of broadened your horizons of, hey, there's so much more out there. There's different religions, there's different cultures, just different ways of handling yourself um, as a person and just kind of like allowed me to take more in and kind of like broaden my mind. Uh, so I took that back to college. I really wanted to focus on either business and communications and marketing. Um, and that's kind of where it took me in that direction from that mentality. Yeah. But from what I see from the, from the story, what you're now saying, I mean, now we know where, um, the passion for, for example, for the podcast comes from, you know, I mean, uh, you cannot do a podcast if you don't like to talk, you know, that's, uh, that's hundred percent. So from drama, uh, we see already. I mean, baseball, obviously, because uh, when you do sports, you have some kind of discipline, uh, obviously. Yep. So um, you need to travel, you need to talk to your team, you need to talk to your trainer, you need to talk to different people. So here we go. We've got already the the, the, the background of the podcast, I'm, you know. <laughs> I'm super competitive by nature. So I kind of want to like, if I see someone doing something, I want to do it better. Or I want to like, I don't want to half, like half complete something. I've that's, that's something that I'm even pushing myself now to do is like my word for yeah. 2021 is follow through. And I have a lot of great ideas, uh, making sure like if we can follow through on them, making sure that I can push myself even more in different areas. So that competitive nature, like you said, that ability to talk and be comfortable with just being yourself in front of people through theater, uh, through drama. Uh, yeah, of course, like a lot of people like you and me don't like to speak in front of crowds. For me, it's kind of that exhilarating uh kind of adrenaline that helps drive you. Yeah. But if you exactly. hear it from me, I speed up and I like talk really quickly. I'm like, I want to get through all my points. But with this kind of thing, it's allowed me to like slow down, really think about where we're going to com communicate and connect with people and kind of like help build my mindset and my, my trait, my skill set, if you will, of when we're in front of other people again, maybe it's easier to connect with people and get across a point in your expertise a little bit easier. So this is almost like a I think a stepping stone into like that big arena of like talking in front of bigger groups or, you know, whatever that looks like down the road, but being a podcast, like you said, you have to be willing to share a point of view or just listen. I think that's the other key component is yes, exactly. listening is a different, you have to just listen and kind of like hear what they're talking about. And you can't push an agenda on any sort of podcast. You have to be willing to get a perspective and kind of, ask questions, be afraid, not be afraid to ask questions. I think that's exactly. also key. 
Uh, it's pretty, pretty important. And what I think as well, you know, now, okay, this all began in the, these Corona times, you know, so um, if, if, if we would not have these Corona times, I'm sure you would already speak in, in, in front of crowds, you know, so whenever it is finished, Who knows? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm waiting, I'm waiting really to see you uh, in front of crowds and putting your point across and, you know, talk about, and, you know, this will be completely different because then we see Ryan Kramer coming and really uh, <laughs> presenting himself on stage you know this is this will be different this will be completely different i mean now we're in the comfort of our that, home we're talking yeah. you know it's all good but you know the, the the rest is different too and then actually to see you um because we didn't never met in person um when i travel to the us i'm sure i make sure that i'm uh, going a little bit everywhere you know but for, exactly for now, well that's the know, thing is like i yeah I was gonna say, I love traveling and I think that's a lot of people in our industry, what they miss. We want it to be safe and we want everyone to be like comfortable with it, obviously. And this is kind of the place where we've had to innovate and grow. And I was telling a couple other colleagues live, I just had to like push myself in different ways to, if we can't network in person, which I love doing, even, even so it's almost intimidating when you see people of like certain statures, like they're well-known or they're an icon in certain areas. Like it's almost like uh, if you hit it, like star, like you're starstruck almost like with this kind of industry and platform, it's as easy as, Hey, sending a message on Facebook messenger or through LinkedIn's like, Hey, love your content. Would love to kind of like pick your brain uh, with my audience. I do this podcast. I just want to have a conversation with you. And a lot of people are very much open to saying yes. And that's the cool thing about this in person. It's a little more intimidating. You're like interrupting. You feel like the sense of like, Hey, I impeded on your space, but this is a little more, comfortable in segue i think um but yeah it's been it's been interesting like i said haven't met people in person i i consider people mentors now still haven't met them in person uh it's just all through zoom calls like this or through social media and just like sending notes back and forth um but it, it allows me to kind of like spend time with family but also really focus on what i want to learn and what i want to like absorb a little bit more yeah it's true it's true so what, what are you up to for learning for example are you do you have any any goal at the moment for uh, uh, for 2021? What's uh, what your what do you want to improve? What you what you up to? Yeah, good question. Uh, so as kind of like my role develops and grows, my goal is to obviously reach different people and kind of like grow exponentially in terms of like people I'm educating from or like learning from and kind of like bringing it on my show. But I really want to I really want to push a boundary. I think a lot of people see like different shows and podcasts if you reach, reach a certain threshold, you've kind of like not made it, but you've, you've really become some sort of like central figure that yes. people are learning from. So I really have put a marker of like, I want to do at least 150 shows in 2021 if possible. Wow. Like that's a that's really good. big that's stretch. Good. Like just thinking about it, it I'm is, like, it is. What, what am I doing? Like, I was speaking this out loud. I'm like, I'm probably pretty crazy. My wife thinks <laughs> I'm crazy. She's like, you're just constantly talking to people on your, in your office. When am I going to see you next? But I think this allows me to get perspective. Like that's where my show is centered around is perspective. No but one is person this? is going to be able to tell me exactly. Yeah, go ahead. So sorry, I just interrupted you. So it's, I mean, 150 is okay. You know, if you do like every two days, every second day, one podcast, you know, it's, uh, it's, I think it's, if you, exactly. if you tell me like two per day, then we can say, okay, this is, this might be too much. Yeah, it's a lot. This might be uh, Right much. now yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm definitely surpassing that that pace right now. I have four per week. That's kind of like trending right now. And yeah, that's a it's, lot. It's a lot. Uh, it's a lot. It's but a lot. I mean, like, I think that's a, a cool context of allows me to, for 
Yeah. Well, it allows me to kind of tell people, Hey, uh, like, let's connect. Let me learn about your business. Just because there's so many of them out there that don't have a voice. I think this is a cool, like for your show, it's a cool platform for people to get their name out there in a different context. But my show is centered around like perspective and I don't have the perspective of a seller. So I don't, I can't tell you like these strategies work to get to you to six or seven or eight figures. These are the different kinds of technologies I use and I suggest, and I only like talk about brand brands that I use. I don't do that. And that's kind of the beauty of it is I give a really unbiased, I really try to give an unbiased approach of like forethought of what value can I bring to this topic or this show with a person who's, who either represents a service or as a seller and where I can kind of like bring a negative information to a seller and they leave that day with like, Hey, that was great information. It wasn't a sell. It was just a hey, we're talking about topic and we give insight into something. Of course, I would love for every person who watches my show to sign up with ping pong payments and use our services. That's part of it. But with brand awareness comes trust. It becomes like like you guys, if you're pushing out content, people are going to start learning to trust your brand. You're going to be trusting the information you're putting out constantly. Just Yeah, it's all about trust. And that's how I view partnerships. If my competitor can come on my show and just give a very unbiased opinion of, this is what this topic and how we solve the solution. Sure. I'm going to say that's fantastic. And we do it this way. And I have no problem saying, Hey competitor, you're not allowed. Like, I don't say you're not allowed to come on my show because you're a competitor. I'm going to say, I'm going to be an option. If you want to give your different perspective and the consumer or the listener says, okay. Hey, I'm going to sign with a competitor on this one. Fine. That's, that's their prerogative. I don't see any, I don't see any fault with that, but as long as I'm an option and I give unbiased opinion, they're going to trust me in that context as well. So that's where I think sellers are smarter than, you know, anyone else out there. They're going to have to pick and choose which service they go with, which people or solution they're going to provide with who to invest their PPC with so on and so forth. There's so many different variables you can offshoot on. Hey, let's at least like give all those options available to you so that you can make the best choice for yourself and business. Cause that's at the end of the day, what it is all about. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I agree completely with that. You know, for, if you're a seller, you have to be in a uh, thousand shoes, you know, you, you need to do everything. It's a, uh, it's a bit of everything. It's uh, it's true. So I got a question for you. What does motivate you? Yeah. Uh, the first, the first two things that come to mind are my wife and my son. Uh, I'm so like personally in my, like, I've been kind of through like my wife, I will say I haven't been through it. My wife has been through so many like uh, different turmoils and things like that through her life. She had cystic fibrosis growing up and then uh, still has that obviously. And then when we just, right after we got back from our honeymoon, she actually, we found out that she had a partially collapsed lung, which led to like down the road uh, a few months later, even having a double lung transplant. So I, I'm hundred percent motivated by my wife and what she does on a day-to-day basis because she fights through all these different like unforeseen things that not many people have to go through in their life. Like she's, I'm blessed to have her every single day of my life. And then same with my son is we adopted my son from our, the foster system. And we, we just like had someone that we have like an abundance amount of love for that. Obviously it wasn't bio, isn't biologically ours, but he is ours in every sense of the word of as a son and as a human, and I want to do nothing more than to like support them and give them all of myself. And that's obviously like difficult as a professional, but that's difficult 
as like when you're thrust into it, like you have to like manage all these things like safety and you have to manage like what's yeah. best for them to protect them, but you want them to grow. So there's all these different things that um, motivate me, but those are the two that, that honestly uh, push me every single day to be a better person, provider, uh, educator, like pick up a, you know, just learn more about different topics as well. So I'll yeah, say them too. That's, uh, you know, that's, that's great. Uh, um, I mean, you know, when you say something like that, when you say you, you, you got your son through his foster system, I really respect that. It's, uh, it's something which, which many people should do, you know, but not many people have the courage to do it actually, you know, because it takes, it, it it's takes, a drain. It's, uh, it, it takes everything of you. You know what I mean? It's, it's, um, it's, how can I say it's, it's not, it's, it's, it's not even uh, to talk about step out of your comfort zone. It's something on another level. You understand it's, it's, uh, I mean, you, you done it yourself. So it's, uh, wow, I, I can, uh, you know, I'm speechless, you know, it's for me, uh, I, you know, I'm blessed. I have, I have two, two, uh, two children of my own. But you know, to, to think about to think about to, to do this step is, is something uh, very I, you know, obviously I, I would do it, but you know, to have the, the courage at the end to really follow through is something I really look up to, and uh, it's it's a it's 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 a great deed to uh, to to everything you know for everything, especially for the for the child as well. So really, uh, yeah, amazing. I mean. My wife and I, we did, we chose obviously not to do that for like the pats on the back or anything like that. This yeah. is the route that we, we felt like our, our heart was open to. And the difficult thing is like all the unforeseen things that you see when you, when you go through adoption or anything like that, you think there's easy ways to go about it. Uh, I think like oh, no. we, we even ask ourselves like that, how, how do we like get through that process? Because you're dealing with like legal ramifications. You're talking about like different paperwork. There's all sorts of things that you yourself have to like do differently than if you had a natural born kid. And that's like, for those, for those who go down the route it is, it is difficult. There's so much more that you have to like look after of you have visits with people of different entities or like guardianships and checking in with either uh, uh, biological uh, parents or families and that's, that's such a drain emotionally when you have to see them like interact with another entity and then they're potentially may not be uh, with you like in the long run. And so there's that drain of like, what if something happens and they aren't up for adoption or things like that. So there's all these different ups and downs that we had no idea if we would see coming our way um, that we had to go through. But every, obviously everything works out kind of for a reason and you just have to like do the work um, you have to have a good support system and you have to have faith in your, your significant other, because I think at the end of the day too, this ties back to business. You have to have a why of what you are constantly doing this for is yeah, if it exactly. is the why to support your family, this is why to like, you want to just like be an entrepreneur yourself is a why to make your, you know, you, you want to like be, become more than what you are currently. What is that? Why? And make that drive you. And that's constantly what I've, my wife and I are constantly always talking about like, why, why do we do and make these choices? Like, what do we want to come from this? And I think as a local point, um, that that's kind of success, I think truly. Oh, I can relate to that. You know, the why, the why is the most important, you know, if you don't have a why in the morning to get get up, there is no, uh, there is no way you can make it, you know? So, and, and I think, you know, uh, most, most of us have this why because of family, you know, the family is the why, you know, to, uh, 
um, to motivate them, to show them the example, you know, and to, to just to just make make a better world and make them part of this uh, of this better world, you know. So to to, to to wrap it up quickly, um, yeah. Uh, going going back to the to the business, um, uh, for example, uh, if you if you would say you know if you would give a message to um, uh, to the listeners out there or as well to to anyone who's running a business at the moment or um, yeah for, to the to, to the other question we come later, but who's running a business at the moment? What would you what would you um, tell them, you know, to encourage them? Because most of, a lot of people lost uh, everything. Uh, a lot of people go into crisis, you know, or maybe uh, other people have, have, have made a lot more than they would have expected uh, at the beginning of, the, of this crisis. So what would you, what would you, what would be your message to them, for example? Yeah, um, my, what I would tell people would be to, if you believe in yourself and you're going to put in hard work, like stay with it and find out reasons. If you don't succeed, find out reasons why you failed and then and then fix that and move forward and use that as your launch platform as well. Like obviously there can be multiple different things that can set you back as an individual, whether it's like investment opportunities or if there's just like, I don't know how to iterate or how to scale or grow. Just keep asking questions. And I think that by keep continuing asking questions, you're open to learning and once you become open to that and that's your kind of focus as an entrepreneur, you're going to have people like yourself at Margin Business or your company at Margin Business or even like around the Amazon ecosystem supporting you in those endeavors because you have people who want to like make you succeed as well. And that's what's special about this uh, community is that people want to constantly support other sellers and want them to be successful because as they are successful, you're successful as well. Not just like making money, but you can kind of grow this like partnership, this sense of pride of, yeah, it's deeper than that. And I think that's, what's beautiful about this is this ecosystem is very tight in terms of networking and partnerships, but as well as like, want to just see people succeed. We don't want to be malicious and take business away. At the end of the day, we all want to be successful in those endeavors, um, like as different service providers or whatever have you, but even at the most successful businesses, let's say, for example, like a Thrasio, like they don't control, like uh, they only control a percentage of what's being sold on Amazon, right? It, there's so many other people that are individually selling out there who are, who are killing it, who are just going to be just as successful, if not, then, then they are like, and they are a multi-billion dollar business. Um, so it really just depends on keep going, keep asking questions and keep reaching out to people because I haven't once reached out to an individual that hasn't got back with me and said, Hey, either sorry, I missed your message or I would love to help you. Uh, let's connect. Um, I think like everyone's super open to collaboration and just wants to, you know, help people, you know, give an insight. Uh, I had my first call with somebody from Africa, Africa reached out to me who has never sold on Amazon, but they're like, Hey, I, I just need help. Like, being pointed in the right direction. And we sat on a call for 35 to 40 minutes of, Hey, tell me about your background. Like, what do you want to accomplish as an entrepreneur? And let me help you point you in the right direction. Let me, let me help you. Like, obviously I talked about like different ways that ping pong can help, but let me understand what you want to get out of life and what you want to be as an entrepreneur. And I just listened and he, he just like, I never thought someone like you would be able to like, would go out of your way to like, want to meet up with me. I just reached out on a whim and I said, 
hundred percent more than happy to do so. And like that gave me fulfillment to help someone hopefully be successful down the road. And I think that's why a lot of entrepreneurs go into this business is to help people sell and grow, but also be successful themselves. So what advice I would give, keep asking questions. Like I'm constantly asking, Hey, I know this sounds dumb, but break this down for me. Uh, I do that all the time on my podcast. I always ask questions like, what does this mean? Like, when was this, when did that happen? At what point did you change this mentality? Always ask questions and then take a piece of that and elevate yourself 1% at least every single day. And you will, by the end of the day, you're going to look back and say, holy cow, I, I can't believe where I grew from where I was at the beginning of this journey. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because uh, yeah, like, like I said, it's difficult times for, for, Almost everyone, I guess we, we are blessed because we have been already uh, 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 doing everything over the internet for, for a couple of years. So even the lockdowns don't really feel like lockdowns because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm used to it. So, or many people are used to it, training in the garden, go back in, you know, work a little bit more, um, you know, progress in their company, uh, uh, work on their own. So uh, that's why that's why I'm saying because uh, the mindset that we have and that's why I'm doing as well these podcasts. I, I want I want people watching these these um, uh, uh, these podcasts or listening to it because I will put them as well in audio afterwards. Um, that that they that they really um, that they can take something out of it. You know that they can um, just like reflect and say, oh look look how they did it. Look the mindset uh, they have. How how they managed to do it. Maybe I can get something out of it. I mean, I work the same way. Uh, I listen to, to people, uh, to, to, to big people, to uh, people. I just give you an example. For example, Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson. He's, uh, I'm very into sports. So I'm listening. I'm listening to them. I'm listening to what they have said. And, you know, if you, if you look at Mike Tyson, for example, he, he did nine hours of training every day, six days a week, I think for seven or eight years in a row. So, you know, and then, then I'm asking myself, how, how did they, uh, how did they do it? Or, I mean, I, I know a little, little bit, I'm not a professional in sports, but I know um, in order to accomplish something, you have to put time in, you know? So, and, and this mindset, this mindset, that's why I'm asked, I have to ask as well this question, um, this mindset, when this comes out in the podcast and people can take away from it, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a happy man, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's really good. And afterwards, if they take this and even do something with it, you know, some, um, some uh, opening a business and then they think back and said, oh, listen, I listened to this podcast and the other podcast and it really helped me, you know, and uh, you don't have to pay for it. It's, it's anyway all over the internet. So we're uh, yeah. happy, uh, happy that, that, that this can, that we can do this actually, you know, yeah. Exactly. And that's, and that's the beauty about our industry too, is that you can apply these same principles and apply it to not just business, but like yourself as a person, uh, just like how each person is really unique. Each story is unique because my, what I, my number one word that I use is always perspective. Like you heard my story of like where I came yeah. from. No one else has that story. No one else can replicate that. Exactly. They can never replicate my experiences. I have my life that I've seen through a lens and I'm going to give you every ounce of me through that lens. Now, if someone has like side by side and went through that same scenario, it's going to be a different, whole different story. They're probably going to be completely different person than myself. But I, even myself, if I got reincarnated, I would never live that same, you know, that same mentality. Uh, I would have a whole different perspective. And that's what I think a lot of people lose their life is that 
when, when you think about yourself and you're like, I can't believe this person doesn't see it my, from my point of view. And then I always ask the question after that. I was like, why don't they see it from my point of view? Like you ask that question, why? And you put yourself in your shoes. And that's what empathy is, right? You have to be empathetic exactly. of that situation. Why does, why does that person really passionate about that topic? Whether it's politics or whether it's being, uh, whether it's a certain thing that fad that came out on the internet or just their philosophy on business, why are they doing that way? And when you start to dig a, a little bit lower on their levels of like, who made that person? Like what makes that person them? you start to see, oh, this makes complete sense. Like they are super passionate because of this life experience, this lens, this perspective. And it always comes back to those main core principles of, you know, if, if I can just look through it, that lens, uh, I can always educate people from what I see and what I view. And that, that means something to people because if I didn't sell on Amazon, like if I never sold on Amazon, I, I used to think like no one would take me seriously. They would never be able to uh, you know, take my thoughts and my business philosophies and apply it to their business and be successful. Why, why would I ever step out on a platform and a podcast and, and share that with people? But what I like really had to do during like quarantine and lockdown. And I was like, I do have a perspective and people can take it seriously uh, because I do have all these different life experiences, whether it's personal or professional and people are going to value that they didn't go through the same thing I did. I had to like go up to the biggest publishers or different businesses like Rakuten is a huge marketplace. I had to go up to people who worked with them and say, take me seriously. I'm a brand. I want to work with you and I'm going to make you guys money and you're going to make me money and let's work together. And I just had to like really hammer that home to people and learn things on my own. And I want to share that with people too. Like it's, it's a constantly evolving process that no one's going to know everything, but as long as you continue to open up and keep your mind available to learning from a different, either a competitor or a different service or a different like seller, you're always going to get something unique from that perspective. So that's, that's, that, that's what I will lay my hat on today is perspective. Uh, it's true. It's true. You know, you get, you gain experience, you know, and it, it don't matter what, what people saying it's, it's, it's up to you what you think you can do. You know, it's, uh, it's it's like I said, it's the experience, for example, especially what, what you just said, you've never been an Amazon seller, but you know, you've proven yourself, you, you have you learned, you did everything necessary in order to speak about it, you know, so it's it's what you put in your mind, you know, and it's as well your unique story. Um, everyone has a new, unique story, everyone can come up, not everyone is confident uh, at this point, but everyone has a unique story, uh, which people are interested in you know it's not it's not just some it's not just that only uh, us or only uh, other people have like unique stories and funny stories and i mean from life it's everyone has his unique story and if you think about it you know then then, then and if you look in the eyes from other people you know that there was something and then you know before in their life what was going on so um, that's what I'm saying as well. Never underestimate people. Never, uh, uh, never think about that they didn't go through anything. Everyone has their story, you know, and it's super important to listen to them and to speak with them. And we can learn from everyone and we can learn together. And that's, that's, the, that's the beauty of the whole thing. So, you know? uh, I 100% what... agree with you. <laughs> and what I wanted as well uh, uh, to ask you um, for, um, for everyone who's not, I mean, who, who, who don't know ping pong or who knows ping pong and uh, want to know more about ping pong. What um, can you explain uh, the services and the company and behind 
I mean, everything, what, what's going on and what is the purpose um, of ping pong, for example, uh, and what is the, the vision um, for the next 10 years? Because companies of that size <laughs> have vision of 10 years. I mean, we should oh, as yeah. well. I have, but you know, it's not that uh, structured, like for example, a, a company like ping pong. So I would really be interested in that uh, as well. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good question. So ping pong payments is an international payments provider solution that helps Amazon and e-commerce sellers uh, save when they send or receive money uh, to a different country or different when money is transacted to a different currency. And what I mean by that, if you're in a different uh, country around the world and you're trying to pay a supplier in a different currency, we can help save money uh, than the traditional sense of wiring funds or paying your supplier through like PayPal or through a different like third party service. We have partnerships with tier one banks where our rates are super low that helps sellers save money on international uh, fees. So when you're sending wire fees, you're getting charged like 50 to $150 per transaction or wire transfer to your supplier, plus any built-in conversion uh, fee that that bank is charging or the suppliers putting on top of that uh, invoice. So what we do is you give you the ability to pay out in over 160 currencies to, again, VAs, to suppliers, to advertising agencies. Uh, if you needed to even pay like margin business, for example, you can use our services to open basically essentially a digital bank account, um, okay. no matter where in the world you're located. Um, within, within obviously like reason, like uh, if you're not uh, like in different countries that we wouldn't support, but that's a very small list of different entities. But what we do allow you to do is save money when you're sending money, receiving money. So if you're uh, selling on different marketplaces, if you're in Europe selling in the United States and you're, that money's gonna be converted back to you in the Euro, uh, that conversion ha process either happens by a bank or by Amazon typically. Uh, and when that happens, they give a convenience fee of Amazon yeah. will do it for you but they'll charge you anywhere from like three to 5%. Yeah. Every time that money comes back to your bank account, ping pong is kind of that, that entity where you can have it. You can either keep it in that currency that you're receiving from and use it to pay out supplier, for example, or when you do convert it back to your local currency, it's at a lower rate maximum that we charge people is 1% on every transaction of receiving well, or sending. That's good. Yeah. 1% maximum. And Definitely. so that actually maximum obviously means you can go lower. So it helps with international businesses on that scale of, Hey, if I'm selling in.com, I'm definitely going to need to have that currency come back to me uh, in the Euro so I can spend it, or I'm going to keep it in the United uh, USD and I can spend it with my US bank account. So that, that being said, that's where we help people in that kinds of, in those kinds of conversions, saving money in that capacity that way you can say, take those savings and uh, reinvest it into your product, uh, advertising or pay yourself out. Um, and then the last thing that we help with is paying GST and VAT in Europe, as well as Britain and Canada. You can pay those authorities through our portal. So, so it's free to sign up. Um, you can sign up for an account. You go through a process called KYC uh, and basically verifies your business entity um, that says, for example, you are who you say you are. And then once that's done, you can start loading in information to either send uh, payout, for example, your VAs in the Philippines, or you can start sending uh, your next payment to your supplier. And the savings comes in if you say, hey, uh, supplier in China, uh, if I have, we have a good working relationship. Uh, you know, you trust me, I trust you. What if I paid you in RMB or CNY? 
instead of USD? Can I save some money there? A lot of the times they will come back to you and say, yeah, of course, like we would love to do that because they're typically converting it and putting that on the invoice anyways, that fee and baking it in so the seller's paying it. You can do a side-by-side comparison if you paid USD, paid in local currency, what those fees will look like um, with us or what the savings would look like. And it's typically going to be two to 3% that you're saving on every payment you go, plus eliminating those wire fees. So with that being said, that's where we kind of like help sellers on not just on Amazon, but on e-commerce in general. You can use the same model to receive funds from your Shopify stores. If you want to sell in like Rakuten in Japan, uh, we are, we're the number one, uh, we're the exclusive partner in terms of like remittance in Japan and Rakuten. Okay. So we're really big internationally in terms of that capacity, yeah. but that's kind of my my quick, what, who are who are we? In yeah, terms that's, of that. That's, that, that's a good and quick overview. And as well, to add as well, <laughs> interme- intermediate bank fees, intermediate bank fees. Right. Intermediate bank fees are a big pain, you know, because you yep. don't even know where they're going to. And uh, suddenly you you wire and then, what? Well, where is this going? It wasn't me. And the other banks say, it wasn't me. And then where it's gone? It's the intermediate bank. Who was it? Yeah. Yeah. You don't know. (laughs) Well, and that's the thing is because we partner with like tier one banks around the world, we're not working with like really small third parties. It's actually like HSBC. If you're in Europe, if like you're opening in uh, Mexico, it's Mercado Libre. If it's, uh, or uh, those marketplaces, um, like you would be able to work with them, but like bank accounts, like Citibank or Wells Fargo or Chase, you would be working with like brand name banks and have an account set up through them and you can pay out or receive in those uh, different entities. Say, for example, you're in Europe and you're like, hey, I'm going to start sending in Japan. I don't have any way to receive funds in Japanese yen. With our solutions, if you have an account, you can just literally spend less than five minutes instead of flying to Japan, opening up a bank account to receive in yen. You can actually just open with bank account from the cover of your home through ping pong and just have a receiving account, apply that to your Amazon Japan marketplace, and you can start receiving yen instantaneously like that. Yeah, it's pretty, it sounds pretty easy and pretty, you know, it, it, the industry needed it, you know, it's, uh, it was yeah. very important. I mean, 160 currencies. Uh, I know that you had a few currencies, but I didn't know that it was 160. Yeah, you can pay and out. Uh, yeah, you can pay out, pay out in 160. You can receive in 10. Uh, those are obviously continue to grow, but we're in the 10 most like um, okay. most popular ones, like United States dollar, Canadian dollar, Mexican peso, euro, the pound. Uh, Singapore dollar, which will be now you can receive in uh, withdrawal in uh, okay. UAE Durham, uh, Japanese yen, Australian dollar. So I think I hit all 10. Those are all the okay. major okay. ones that we, we support. Yeah, but you can pay out in like um, RMB, CNY, and for uh, Hong Kong dollars, the other one you can receive in. Excuse okay. me. So like India, if you want to pay your supplier uh, in local currency, you can do that through our system as well. Okay, that's interesting. Very interesting. UAE, because, the, but, the Durham, the, I'm trying to think of this, but if it's like any, yeah, so you can actually like receive funds because that's a budding okay. market too. There's a lot of, it, basically anywhere where there's Amazon marketplace, we're going to okay, support, they, they we support like, well. yeah. yeah, so uh, so it depends on like where you want to withdraw in uh, clearly. So it would be like UAE or like um, any part of the EU, we would support okay. as well. So Okay, that sounds really good. So, and what is what is the vision of uh, of ping pong for the next uh, for the next years to come? Let's don't let's not say ten years, but 
you know, for a few years. I was going to say, we haven't even been around for 10 years. So I'd be like tripling our time. No, that's a good question. I think like uh, any, any service provider wants to really like grow and really be a force. We've built an engine. That's pretty cool. Right. Um, It's not, it's not the partnerships that our company's built out. um, We have like our international headquarters is in China. So we support Chinese sellers, but we're also growing in India, uh, South Korea, um, uh, Vietnam, we have three locations in the United States. We are in Luxembourg. We're all around the world and still considered a startup. So we're really growing that brand recognition of what we do. But our kind of think about it, if you have built an engine, you can take that engine and start placing into lots of different uh, different entities. So our solution you could put into like maybe for like lending down the road or uh, you can start you know, these are all speculative, obviously, what we can obviously take those next steps, lending or even helping people make payments, uh, not just to business to business, but eventually potentially partnering with like business to consumer. Uh, we don't do anything like you can't pay. I can't pay you with ping pong to like with Venmo or through like PayPal to like pay for pizza. It's okay. all strictly business focused, but okay. maybe down the road, it's more, you know, for compliance reasons, those are more difficult entities sure. to build it out, yeah, yeah. but like working with uh, different companies that like allow you to process payments and things like that. We can sit that engine into those platforms. And I think will allow you as a business to grow, but also working in different marketplaces uh, that, that continue to grow as well. So that's kind of where I think our focus will go in, but ultimately saving money for Amazon and e-commerce sellers is what we're going to do time and time again. Yeah. That's uh, so the, the last message, what I understand of the, of the you know, is that helping, sellers again you know it's it's helping you know um yeah. helping because because you um you take off the fees or, or the, the 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 burden of them to uh, to wire money around the world uh, uselessly and just give them one channel where they can um wire through and this is uh, amazing it's an amazing help and i think it's um it's something uh, for the future which we will see more and more and more you know, especially with cryptocurrency. Yeah, you'll, you'll see us a lot more of this. Yeah, yeah. You said you see me everywhere. That's my job is to make sure that we're visible to everyone and obviously bringing great minds, but obviously bringing brand awareness to ping pong. We'll be a lot of places in 2021. But at the end of the day, I always want to push three different things of how either a service or a person can save you either time, money, or effort. And I think like each, each service, if you're good, you do well in one. Um, but if you do well in all three, you're going to be a fantastic company or oh, yeah. uh, individual and partner. So saving time from opening like a bank account internationally, money, obviously that's a no brainer. Other entities sell, save money by doing it with them or effort. Like if you have to take something off someone's plate and they just don't want to learn about it, helping education, helping educate those people in that vein, and then obviously bringing value in that context. So that's why I think our mission is to you know, hopefully hit all three of those continuously and, and continue from there. Yeah, that's a, that's amazing mission. And I wish, I wish you and the company Ping Pong best of luck with it. And I'm sure they can manage it because, you know, Ping Pong came from nowhere and now they are very, <laughs> uh, they are pretty big. You know, I mean, like I said, I always say from nowhere, but in afterwards, my sentence is always, I know that it's not from nowhere. I know there have been years of work before. But I mean, like, yeah, uh, there's a lot of groundwork to lay. Exactly, exactly, exactly. But, you know, for, yeah. for, for people in 20, outside, yeah, it, seems like, just, it seems like it came up like this, you know, but, you know, it's, it's not. It's to, not yeah, a, to give you context, in 20, yeah, 2020, we did 20 to $25 billion in, uh, you know, in uh, sending and receiving. Oh, so that amount of, like, 
volume and currency going back and forth just in our systems alone is just to show you like that's a very tiny piece of the pie of like e-commerce uh, that is using yeah. us. So if we're doing that much already, just think about as we scale larger and larger, that number will just continue to to boom. And you know, it'll be it'll be crazy to see where what numbers we we turn out in 2021 as well. Yeah, it would be great to see that. Happy to see that. And uh, you know, and as well having you. Uh, meeting you in person and having you in another show, maybe, you know, because there is lots to talk about. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I have, I have lots to talk about. I have a lot of different things. I've always gone off on taking a right hand turn and never thought that those shows would ever be talked about uh, those different topics. So uh, I obviously you're a friend of the show of crossover commerce, which is what our podcast is named. We're on Spotify, Apple, everywhere you can look at it, but we do it on YouTube live as well. Uh, Facebook live and we do all those different shows live and I never edit it. So if it's just like me looking like an idiot, I know on our show, I was on mute a couple times. It was just like, all right, well, this is how it's going to go. So we're just going to continue to, to, to see how this show progresses. And I'm excited about uh, that growth in that capacity as well. Yeah, that's great. Joe. thank you for, for your time, Ryan. I'm uh, absolutely. It was, was, was a, was a blast. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Omar. And and we yeah we we need to speak again. Really, we need to do another uh, uh, podcast and uh, another topic. Um, once once everything is calmed down, once we have this uh, uh, Corona done, maybe we can do some um, some after Corona uh, questions. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. You're as a friend of the show. You're always welcome to come on and talk about a different topic, and you. Uh, you'll be you'll be getting messaged about that i'm sure shortly so be on the lookout <laughs> thank you so much ryan no problem